Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the ninth episode of the Forge in Light podcast. With me tonight, as always, is Crimson and Doom. I am Lichloth. We're going to be talking a little bit of Destiny, a little bit of other stuff. So stay tuned and enjoy the ride. light lives in all places and all things you can block it even try to trap it but the light always finds its way because we are forged in light hi guys hello hello <laughs> how how are you guys? How's everybody? I'm enjoying the ride. <laughs> <laughs> it just came to me. I, I don't know why what mm-hmm. happened. I just uh I blacked out and it just whatever just came out of my mouth came out of my mouth. <laughs> just happened. Not like that. Uh, anyway. Well not much destiny has been being played between us, obviously. It's uh this has been the uh, floppiest fucking toast of a of a season. Like you ask for a, a well done toast, and this motherfucker comes in steamed up, flopping all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's what we've been getting, I think. You know, it's pretty wild because we did an after season of the plunder. You wouldn't think we'd get another one of these. Like I almost. I'm trying to remember what my like initial reaction to Curse of Osiris was, and that was like the entire year was like a bust for that. But I don't know, like I'm I'm really really trying to remember how I felt when I played it, and I know it's it's considered like the worst season, um, or one of the worst. But this the season itself is is pretty pretty bad. <laughs> I and honestly, I don't think it's the season. Because I, I think story-wise, like, the story's pretty solid. Like, Destiny has been delivering on a good story the past few seasons. It's just, I, to me, it's the gameplay. Like, the gameplay loop is just getting so stale that it's, like, yeah. it's just really hard to stay engaged with it. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of agree with that. I kind of don't. So, like, yeah, it's a good story, but the delivery method is just, it's abysmal, man. It's so bad. The fact that we had to keep running Veil Containment to get the story about what the Veil is, and they're dropping, like, huge, like, revelations that kind of rewrite some of the lore that we actually do know. You know, the inkblot cutscene for what the Witness is and where it came from, like... I just, I don't, like, this is, the story's been going on for this long. You would think that the delivery method would be a little more refined at this point. Like, we would actually get the stuff delivered to us in some sort of meaningful cutscene, not just, like, little sound bites and inkblot cutscenes. So, I, like, yeah, I think what the story is is good, but I think it's just the delivery method is terrible right now. 
drip fed content not fun for anybody you know we're we're kind of talking about it right before we launched about um there is always there's always going to be like casualties and you assume like the casual players are going to be the first ones that really drop out of the game especially a game of this magnitude that has the same constant like cycle that a lot of people already are used to or, or it's become predictable so yes a lot of casuals who come in to play a new season will play for a bit and then they'll eventually drop off and that's okay that's fine there's a lot of games especially right now in the summer and I don't think it's all just Destiny 2. We got to remember it is summer season. This is the summer for brand new games. Lots of awesome bangers have been released and launched in the last month or two. So everyone's attention is being like thwarted and pushed in another direction. But with that, it doesn't help the fact that it is such a dry season, you know, and it's, it's so ironic because the entire season revolves around you falling into water and swimming. And it's just seems to be a dry, dry season, at least for me personally. And I think the, the only um, outstanding thing actually crimson, it's not water, it's gas. gas. <laughs> so <laughs> hold on. So are we like <laughs> swimming around someone's giant fart, dude, like nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and Asha's farts, man. Got Gildegrass Tyson over here correcting <laughs> everybody. She's a uh, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> she's a big girl, man. She's she's got a lot of gas. Yeah, apparently, if she can fill that entire fucking planet. <laughs> but yeah, it's just I think the only standoutish thing for me personally was uh, what they did with the three men event. Um, which just became um, a roguelite, and that's a cool concept, and that's that's really really fun. And I think we've all come to uh, an agreement that the six man seasonal activity should just be dropped. It's not fun uh, for the last few seasons, last year or year and a half too. These six man events have never really been fun. They're never really engaging. It just seems oh, like filler yeah. because they don't know what to do. They're like, all right, let's just add something else in. We have the we have the assets. We have simple resources. We copy pasta, boom. But it's like, all right, well, I'm tired of doing those. I really haven't done salvage at all. There's, and you know me, I'm going to try to complete challenges and all that stuff because I'm just a completionist, and I have not, I, I have not done anything for this journal with like completing stuff for this season at all, just because I feel no, I have no drive to come do anything in the game. And it's not before people think like, Oh, you're just bored of the game. I'm not bored of the game. Cause I'll log in daily still to do something at least. But even lightfall had me like still enticed and just something about this season just does not pull me in. And I don't know if it is for me, a lack of story. I know the story and the lore is there, but uh, I, I feel like I got to try a little, <laughs> I know it sounds very lazy um, that I have to do so much so I could get that lore when that lore should be delivered to me, or at least I would hope so, like through cutscenes or through animations and all that stuff. But I don't, I don't know. And that's my opinion. That's how I feel. Yeah, I agree. And I, it, at the risk of sounding entitled, like I get it when we say like, we feel like the lore should be delivered. It sounds bad, but like, have some pride in the in the story that you've created that you've been, you know, putting out since the game released. If this has all been working up towards this, and you're just gonna like haphazardly like, oh yeah, here's some lore. Oh yeah, you guys missed this stuff. You were supposed to be running Veil Containment since it dropped. 
and you guys haven't been doing that and it, it's just it's crazy you know it's like why why would nobody do that like why why would nobody put that into a more palatable uh you know medium it's it just i don't get it yeah and it's it's it, obviously it was apparent what was it last week there was an article about how the percentage of people who do not know that veil containment was even a thing that you had to run weekly mm -hmm. uh, to get more lore like that right there is so polarizing like that comes to show you bungie like you guys did not make that information clear to everyone that that was something that was going to be attached okay like like you know how they usually have that sidebar when you're in the destination map and all that stuff and like all right go do this weekly or go do this whenever a new the new weekly mission drops how come it wasn't attached to that i don't mm -hmm. understand how that was not part of that because now if i don't know yet i haven't even done a veil containment <clears throat> since lightfall but if we were to go back and play it right now do we get all the lore from the beginning that we missed out on you'd have to you'd have to go try one but I, there's so many different lore content creators that have just been doing it weekly for us so yeah 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 do you think I guess Bungie's relying on these like lore creators like Mylan and Bife do you think that they're relying on them at this point to kind of chop everything up into like, hey, this is all the relevant information and then just putting out into YouTube videos because it kind of feels like that's what they're doing. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. But... It could be a possibility. But then again, like, it seems like even Bife and like Mylan and some of them have shared their frustrations with like the way the lore, even just the story in general is being delivered because it does impede on what they're able to do when it comes to content, especially like Bife and Mylan being our curators. They are the unofficial curators of this game for everyone. Um, and we know that if, if, if uh, there's a new player, that's who we recommend. Go listen to their stuff. It'll catch you up. But when they're having issues being able to create content, not just because they, they want to make money or just push out like bullshit content out there, like they legit are passionate about the lore about, of this game. And they want to share that and create a good catalog that people could follow. But when they can't even do that because the way that this information is being delivered, like that's not a good sign. And I almost agree with you. That could be a possibility where Bungie is kind of relying like, oh, don't worry. There are people out there that are going to keep everything and catalog everything chronologically. So as long as we deliver something, we'll deliver it. But even if they do deliver it, they deliver it in such a like haphazardly way. Uh, and the witness reveal was is a good example of like why did we not get that ahead in the lightfall campaign when we should have uh and i think that was the beginning of kind of the downfall of where a lot of the community especially the core players are at right now with the frustration of how things are being delivered the drip feed and then on top of that just chronologically like things are just i don't know who their storyboard or, or their, their writing team is but and I, I'm not one to say I'm a good writer. I can't put a story together for shit, or at least I think I can. I'm humble about that. I know I can't do that. But, you know, the, the I feel Witch Queen set the bar high. Forsaken set the bar high. You know, there's a lot of examples and templates that, that these people could follow, these artists could follow, and it just, it's very surprising to me that and, and that they can't seem to get that formula correct or right. Well, and, 
and, and here's the thing is like, yes, you say there's a lot of artists that are like trying to write these stories, but we don't realistically know what the, the turnover is there. Right. So you have like 10 guys that wrote witch queen and they did a great job. And now potentially seven of those guys are now working on marathon and writing stories in marathon. So they replaced those guys with seven new guys that didn't necessarily like the writing style of those people. And they want to write their own way. So then you get seven new people mixed with three of the old ones. You know what I mean? Like everybody has their own artistic envisionment of things. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't, maybe it's just not the same writers. I don't know. I haven't, I don't keep that close eye on it, but that could be a potential thing, right? It would be surprising like one day after the initial like light, light and darkness story is over will they ever like reveal to us what i want to know how they proceed to create you know what is their procedure for creating this vast story like did they have like when they made witch queen all right this is how we're going to start witch queen and this is our last season this is the story we want for the last season you guys figure out how to fill in the rest from season one of Witch Queen to season four of Witch Queen, and then that's going to launch Lightfall. I, I just want to see like what what is their template? Like how do they storyboard this out? It's cu- I'd be curious to like see how they do that stuff because I am interested in, in that. I, I love behind the scenes look when it comes to either the artwork, you know, visual effects, storyboarding, music, and all that stuff. And it just be curious to see like what the writers' room is like for them because if it is tough, man, it feels like when your resources seem to be gutted because they have to get pushed into another uh, part of the company. And, and obviously they are doing well because we saw the sweet Bungie just open up their new facility, which looks awesome. I would love, I, I, I would love to visit it one day. I would hope so um, with all that Sony money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they better, not wrong. They better yeah. have bidets in every fucking bathroom. I mean, they did make, uh, they 3D printed life-size scale models of like certain weapons, like Whispering Worm. Xenophage was in there. You know, oh my God. Did you see them open? There was a clip going around Twitter today. They actually, you could open up Xenophage where you would put in your cartridge and you could see the worm. They actually, oh, really? That's kind of yeah, cool. in like fake amber, that worm is in there. I'm like, oh, that is so fucking cool. That is so, really cool. But yeah, to get back, like it, it sucks when your your core team, you know, your element gets has to get distributed throughout the entire company because you have other focuses. And obviously, Bungie has they have things that they timelines that they have to accommodate to. Like, I'm sure, I know for a fact we all know how Sony is. You know, I'm sure Sony threw out all this money, and it sounds great on paper, but we don't know what stipulations Bungie's under now. Like, if Sony's like, all right, we gave this is how much we offered, we bought you, you better deliver a brand new IP within two years and creating a brand new game from the ground up is not, is not a simple task. So I I agree with you. You know, it is hard. Like if the core team writers who had the vision of like where they wanted to see the story ends and if they got pulled, like it's, it's, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. This is, it's a constantly changing work environment. So you just can't, you can't expect that you had this t- the same 10 guys since Destiny 1 working on the story. Like, it's going to, people are going to change. And maybe you, this one guy was working on this thread and another guy was told to pick it up. And he was like, man, this guy really writes like shit. I don't want to do this anymore. And he finds a way to get out of it, you know? And he just writes a really shitty story to end it, which kind of sucks, but it is what it is. 
But I mean, this is, you got to think back to even like the Halo days when they would release these behind the scenes, uh, like documentaries basically about how they created the game and everything that went into it and storyboarding and the creative process. And I mean, it, it, it helped that you had guys like Joseph Staten that were incredible at creating meaningful stories. Like he was an author. He also released books that took place in the Halo universe that were great books. I mean, I was in high school when I read them, but so for high school aged me, they were awesome. They were entertaining. And it was like reading something about my favorite video game. And that was a lot of fun. And, you know, to compare Bungie of today to Bungie in like the Halo era and even before, like it's apples to oranges. They're not the same company anymore. But to what you were saying, Krim, it's like, like we would love to see that behind the scenes. And this isn't like, like obviously there's going to be people that criticize it, but like from what I'm saying, like I'm genuinely interested in the process. I, I would love to see how they work out the story, how much of it is actually planned in advance. And, you know, how do you go about retconning things that you might want to change? And like, it's an, it's an interesting process and I would love to see it. And we've seen it from Bungie before, but it's just, it's not the same company anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people evolve, people have to, people grow, you know, you age out of certain positions and obviously like you said, the core team that gave us Halo. And I've read some the, the Halo books, especially like the Reach series and all that stuff. And like the, the book that goes into like Halo 1, 2, and 3 to follow the game, that follow the game chronologically. They were amazing books. Like it's almost like Star Trek level, like caliber lore in those books. And I just feel like we get the grimoires and we have the lore books for destiny and all that stuff. But at the same time, it almost, it's always felt now when you look at it in retrospect, it, it almost feels a little lazy that we don't get that same level of dedication when it comes to their lore, uh, as we used to when halo was around or mm-hmm. the bungee old, you know, what they would deliver to the community. Like, Hey, where you've invested so much your, of your own personal time to play this game. We're going to invest that money, you know, and turn it into into fan fiction for you guys. And here's more to open up that store for you guys so you guys can be more invested. And I know you can buy the lore books. Like, I bought the Humble Bundle uh, last month, which was all the grimoires. There, I got all the digital, like, lore books for Destiny for, like, 15 bucks. It's awesome. Um, but... I just feel like there's a lack of that when it comes on that end uh, with Bungie that we don't get that now anymore. And they really invest into like, okay, people are just going to either read the lore of the gun or just read the lore pages that are built into the the video game or into the menu itself. And it just seems to me, it's boring. Uh, I tend to listen to either Bifes or, Mylan's videos. I don't even go in and listen to or read the lore myself, unless it's an exotic weapon, then I'll go in and I'll read it. But with that being said, it's like, obviously, the, a lot of the original team members, even from Destiny 1, D1, and even from D2, Red War, like uh, all those, a lot of those members have moved on to bigger projects, other projects, let's say, and, or they've just left the gaming industry in general. And now where the game is at, you know, I would be interested to see, all right, how do you continue what the vision that these artists before you had. And if they can't continue it, 
you know, it'd be cool if Bungie would just like, all right, we have to just put a pause on everything. We need to see what, where, where we're fucking up. Where is the bump in the road right now? Because obviously something is not aligning well and it's affecting our community. And then the community backfires to Bungie and then Bungie goes quiet. And it's just a cycle of just bitterness and, and, and anger. And I don't, obviously I'm not one for the community to be attacking anyone. No one should be harassing or attacking anyone. It's just all these things are culminating now. And it's, it seems like this level of frustration and resentment between player and then developer. And it, it, we're in a weird, weird flux with the game and with the community in general. Yeah, and I mean, Lich, you were telling me about that lawsuit against one of the developers the other day. Uh, not against, it was the, one of the developers filed a lawsuit against an individual yeah, Bungie, for harassment. Bungie I mean, went and got their lawyers to file suit for one of the community managers against somebody whom was harassing him because he decided to promote and, and it's a it's a streamer that Crimson has recently uh, become a fan of. Amaze. He uh, he promoted him on one of the Bungie like, hey, this guy's making really good content. You know what I mean? And yeah, this guy was an ignorant hick and didn't take kindly to that. He like harassed the community manager with consistent like voicemails and, and just saying all sorts of like terribly racist things to this guy he even ordered him a pizza to his house See, that's, driver that's fucked up. The door. yeah dude yeah, it's it's crazy fucked up. that should not happen with any and like that is a love that's not even like a love of entitlement that is just crazy fan base at that point and that could happen to any type of like i guess person you know be it in the movie industry music industry right. shit. now we see in the video game industry that's happening to these community member managers who are supposed to interact with us and if we can't be civil if a lot of people can't be civil like it's never going to happen we're going to lose that privilege because it's not it's not something they're they have to do mandatory they're doing it to try to keep us involved but when people go out and ruin it like that you know all it takes is one fucking nut job to do that shit and obviously look at the impact that it's had because now Bungie has been quiet like no one's really talking on their twitter or on any of their yeah because no one, they, i mean they talked about this no one feels safe like no one really feels safe talking and engaging with the community just because like that happened like this guy knew the community manager's address sent pizzas threatened his wife like that's absurd it, it's it's not good and, and you know that's that's an underlying in america because we kind of we have a lot of people like that that lean towards that ignorant rhetoric and it's like bro come on <laughs> it's 2023 yeah. calm the fuck down <laughs> yeah that's absurd, man. if you are one of those people that you feel the need to reach out and complain directly to somebody that is involved in any aspect of the production of the game. You are such a colossal fucking asshole. And I don't understand what you think you're going to accomplish, but I promise it's not going to be anything worthwhile. Like I, it's now you can it, reach out, but there's not like this. For it. Yeah. There's <laughs> not like for it not threatening somebody's wife and, and using racist rhetoric. I, like that's not productive. That's terrible. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It goes so against a lot of like what Bungie tries to stand for and help the community and help just like the, the world, the local uh, areas, you know, and a lot of foundations. I mean, just right now they've got an award for like um, inclusion, you know, and like Bungie does great, but it kind of sucks that they have to take a bet. They they have to stay in the shadows because people just don't know how to act like civil adults and catch up with the times, you know, and they're so close-minded. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's just a reminder to everyone that, Unfortunately, we're still living in a world where a lot of that stuff still exists, you know, and yeah. um, hopefully one day that shit will get muffed, like shoved out of its way and we don't ever have to like speak of that shit again or no one ha- ever has to like experience what that person has experienced, especially his, his family. That's so. Yeah. But to touch on well, that, I think uh, one of the things that's important to do that the community maybe doesn't do as often is take a break and yeah at at the time of taping this earlier today uh daddo released a video about just that topic and, and we were all discussing it in our group chat and i it, we i agree with it I, I know you guys have all expressed that you agree with it and it's it was a it was a really good video and if anybody listening has not checked that out yet it's definitely worth a, a watch he'd he breaks down, you know, why it's important and the benefits of it. And just like, you know, sometimes you're too close to the problem to see that there is a problem. You need to just kind of take a step back and let the game do its thing and, you know, return to it at a later date. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel. Uh, well, I feel like I've... Uh got a computer and i've reinstalled world of warcraft so that's kind of how i feel <laughs> you're a month too late man because last last month the entire the entirety of the final fantasy 14 catalog was on sale for like 30 bucks and i know that some of our friends did buy it uh a lich so if you ever want to get back into it and actually play it correctly on pc you know who to call. I'm there, baby. I'm there, man. I Sorry, I'm, in the, I'm on the Superior and the, <laughs> the one that's been around for 20 years. Absolutely not. Dude. They're doing okay. something. It's right? because you play Final Fantasy on console. That's not the way to, to take that that in, man. You play it on PC. It's so it's so much different and so much better. I think we're arguing Xbox, PlayStation, and ultimately <laughs> Xbox wins. No, I'm talking about <laughs> PC, dude. PC. I, I just mean the difference between WoW and Final Fantasy XIV <laughs> is Xbox, PlayStation. Nah. But one's been around for 20 years and hasn't really had to do a so Realm Well, Final Fantasy's been around for, I mean, 11. I guess would you include 11 as a, the beginning of their MMO? I mean, if we're really talking no, like... 14 is its own thing. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So with that, I would say eleven was like the beta to fourteen, but fourteen is its own thing. And fourteen's original release was a beta to what Final Fantasy fourteen is now. Like they had to gut that game to make it playable. (laughs) True, but at least they saw their faults. And they embraced it and killed everyone off, and and a new role was reborn. 
but uh, no, I'm, uh, no, it's, it's awesome news to to hear you got your computer up and going. So yeah, yeah, started playing World of Warcraft, and then I realized paid subscriptions the way to go, man. Because <laughs> if Destiny had a paid subscription, I feel like we'd be in a healthier place. But we only well, have the one year thing. They do though. It's I mean, it's in their. It, it pops up every time you log into the game to purchase Eververse Silver Blacksmith. <laughs> I thought that was there. Uh, no, no. Or like, or like the fact that World of Warcraft, like after an expansion is done, so now like Dragonflight just came out. So you know what that means? Dragonflight's out. You have to pay to play for Dragon uh, play Dragonflight. But if you just pay for the subscription, the monthly, you can play every single expansion prior to Dragonflight is just included in that that subscription. So now nothing is behind a paywall like Destiny where it's like, yeah, you're playing for free, but if you really want to pay, you now you have to buy this $30 armory collection and now you have to pay $50 for Lightfall and you got to pay $30 for Beyond Light and $30 for the Witch Queen. And by the way, there's there's <laughs> there's an annual pass to throw in there if you want to play the seasonal stuff and oh there's dungeons too but surprise you have to pay for the dungeons separately outside of the seasons <laughs> oh man when you look at it that way you're like man what is destiny doing how has it been around for 10 years yeah 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 it's pretty tough right now well i they were pretty early to the game of FPS MMOs. So true. true. I mean, it, they kind of cornered the market before there was a market. And I don't know. I just, maybe this is, this is the fallout from that or there's just not a better option right now. Yeah. Is it finally catching up to them? You know, like that's it. You know, that we've, we've, they've reached their pinnacle where now there are, better fps shooters uh looter shooters out there yeah. uh yeah. i mean I, I know it's not a <laughs> technically it's probably not the greatest game and it's not technically a looter shooter either but just the, the core element of it like i've been playing exo prime well you guys saw me play that i've been having such a blast with just a shooter that is there's like i feel it's so absurd and i just feel like i'm not investing all my time into it but being able to play a shooter uh of that caliber it has kind of like revitalized me to want to play a lot of other games and you guys have been seeing me on stream you know play a lot of uh, um games like returnal these are uh, roguelites like a uh, halls of torment uh yet another zombie survival game like and these games are three bucks you know, these games are a dollar, seven dollars, and I'm getting hundreds of hours of game time with them. And I'm excited because I just bought Dave the Diver, so I really want to stream that. So me taking the break, you know, to reiterate back on the Daddles video, like taking the break from Destiny has like revitalized like my curiosity. Like I have this amazing game library that I want to touch again and play with. And now I have my Steam Deck. Like I've been playing games in my bed, like before I go to bed, I'm like, um, like this is fantastic, you know. Like just revisiting my entire catalog now has has been super super fun. It's kind of it's kind of like you gotta like 
how, how's the best way to explain this? It's like we've been playing Destiny for so long that you feel like you get the the grind in your head. Like, what am I grinding for? Like, I've got to grind for this this crafted weapon. I need to grind for this this god roll. I need to. I gotta. I gotta. And at, at a certain point, at one point, it was fun, and now it's not really fun anymore. So it's like yeah. it's good to be able to take a break and and like. You're saying, Krim, and like Doom will reiterate here in a minute. Uh, it's fun to be able to just pick up a game and not have something to grind for. Like I played Live yeah. P. Yeah. It was fun to just play a game that's going to have an ending. And same thing with uh, Star Wars, the new Jedi Fallen game. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's great to be able to, to play a game and enjoy it because it's fun. And not because I need to grind for this for FOMO, and that, yeah. that's what a lot of people need to to remember is that video games are a leisure, like they're not meant to be something that is a dread to come to. Like if you're enjoying it, have fun with it. If you're not enjoying it, stop playing. Go do something else. Maybe you come back and you enjoy it again. Yeah, maybe you go. You, and this is not. I'm not trying to make a joke. Yeah, go outside. Like, I've been uh, the last three weeks. I've gone back into my gym routine. I've been going to the gym four times a week. It's been fantastic. I feel like prior to that, like I always felt like, oh my god, I got to get home and I got to jump online. Like I felt like I got to get online. I got to get on Destiny. I got to run this. I got to run that. I got to get my dailies completed. Blah blah blah. And now I, it's like. You know, not to say that this is a drug, but it is an addiction to a certain degree, especially games of this caliber. You you, you do become addicted to these types of games. Um, and breaking away from that addiction, you know, has been like uh, a breath of fresh air. And, uh, you know, and they're not the only ones suffering from it. This is not only a Destiny issue. You know, you have games that just released Diablo's in hot water right now for a lot of that stuff. And people immediately... Uh, are, are separating themselves from the game because they're so frustrated with all the progress that they did in the since release, and now it's it's opened up their eyes to like, all right, fuck this, we're gonna go either play something else or just abandon the game for now because it is not in a state for built for the player. It is very detrimental what they just did to the game uh, yesterday with their patch release, getting ready for season one, and you know it's not just dusty. So for anyone who's hearing this. We are not hating on Destiny. I love the game. I love Destiny. I want to play it again. I miss the game, but I know I'm, I'm, I'm grown up enough to know that I have to separate myself from that game for now. And, and it's okay. I don't fucking care about the, the guns I used to. Like, I'm at a point where I don't care if I get a certain gun or not. If I get it, I get it. We have more than enough in our armories between the three of us that if I don't get a single roll of a game or, or a craftable weapon whatever man i could craft it i'm sure some way shape or form with a different archetype of weapon or whatever but yeah i think those days for me have come and gone now where i'm like i have to log on like i don't got to do that anymore i could go play something else or i could go watch a movie or go catch up on a tv show or go to the gym you know and start getting back into a healthy shape that i want to get into or or play zelda tears of the kingdom or that, or <laughs> in a couple months, uh, fucking city builder, dude. That's what's gonna be. For <laughs> Skyline. No, not yes, even a couple months, Skyline. dude. It's, I think it's tomorrow. I think that no, shit comes not. tomorrow. That was I the twenty first. Oh, I think our games are a city skyline guy. What, what, yeah, what, he's our city skyline coming on a game pass. Our city skyliner. 
Yeah, uh, as much as I love it, I actually don't know when it's coming out, so I have to check. Wow, it. Dude, dude, he, I thought you were like our a, guy, bro. Yeah, he's like our George Costanza from Seinfeld. He he wants to be an architect, but he's a fake architect. <laughs> but this is how he's living out the dream, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I always wanted to run a city, but was terrified of running for office. So here I am. <laughs> no, one, no one ever wanted to give you the keys to the kingdom. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> terrified of running for office you feel you're afraid of crashing and burning you're close yeah. though, bud. you're close you're almost there man you are working for a city <laughs> damn did they push it back because now it's saying october 24th i thought that was no. coming out like no, at the it end always of was. July. I, I i remember it always being closer to like the christmas season and all that stuff or at least winter season that's what i oh. assumed yeah i yeah so when you surprised me when you said it's coming out tomorrow i'm like what like, holy fuck, I'm going to jump on that. Yeah, I, thought, I thought it was coming out a lot earlier than that. I guess I, I was wrong. My bad. Yeah. I got your hyped up, dude. Dude, he was about to uninstall Destiny right now. Dude. <laughs> I need space for fucking City Skyline. Like, fuck Destiny. Oh, man. How you even like it, Tears of the Kingdom, dude? Uh, it's, it's so good. I mean, I... I'm biased. I love Zelda. I grew up playing Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, that kind of stuff. But uh, didn't I, I played some of the? Uh, it was like Wind Waker and others, like smaller oh, titles that weren't so good, dude. Yeah, on like DS or on whatever they were released. I can't remember. But both of them were fun. Uh, Breath of the Wild was great. I played it right at the end because I didn't have a Switch for the longest time. And uh, so, yeah, I played that like right at the end of its lifespan, right before Tears of the Kingdom released. I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom now pretty regularly. It's a lot of fun. It's, I don't know, if you really like open world games where you have to collect armor and defeat really challenging enemies and you know, just kind of explore. Like, that's the thing that's just kept me drawn in is I love the story. You don't have to play, like, start to finish. There's not, like, a, a set path that you go on. You could finish the game and not really understand the story. They kind of just leave it up to you to figure everything out. And a, there's a lot of content creators out there that, I've been kind of stumbling across lately because I'm like, all right, well, like, what's something that I don't know about the game? And I'll just like Google it and it'll be like a, you know, top 10 things that you missed in Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom. And so I just start looking through those. I'm like, oh, I haven't done that yet. And I'll like watch a tutorial. I'm like, okay. And then I go try it out. And before we started recording, I was, I like unlocked all these cutscenes that I'm stockpiling right now that I'm going to watch as soon as we get off. So it'd be <laughs> great. I, I saw a video a few, like a month ago where uh, somebody like right at the, at the beginning, I know the beginning at like the ent entrance of tears of the kingdom where you take that first initial dive and it's a beautiful like entry into the game itself like you're diving you're listening to beautiful music it gives you the 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 title page and all that all while you're dropping down and like that is a beautiful way to open up the game and then somebody was going through that and they stopped the footage because they were recording it and they're like oh yeah by the way you didn't like i don't know if you guys knew but 
Zelda, like, she's right there the whole time. And you jump, like, right by her. Apparently, when you're falling off the first initial island where you spawn, where the game starts, and you drop down to the world, uh, you you pass right by Zelda's island, and it's right there the entire time. And the sword, the way that the sword is pointed down, is pointing right at her island. <laughs> oh, I believe it. It's, like, the Easter eggs that are all over this game, the callbacks to other games. So, like, they made it so... I, I, I'll... Forgive me, I don't know the toys that are associated with this game, but if you bought like a toy version, it's like a little collect Nintendo collectible. Uh, you can unlock the armor that that toy had equipped. Like if you've purchased the toy, you can redeem it and you can just get the armor. But all of that armor is available in the game. You just have to go find it. Like it's there. So it's like, like you yeah, like amiibos. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. And I've right. I've never collected those, so it was like I was seeing some of these armor sets, and I was like, "Damn, do I have to like buy a toy so I can get this?" No, they're all in the game. They're not locked behind any kind of paywall. You just you got to earn it, and I love that. I think that's awesome that it's available and an option, and they're not literally. It's just buy the game, and everything is available to you immediately. There's no season pass. Just <laughs> yeah. A metric fuckload of content. Hold that's on, you're abysmal, telling me that's your thought process is like it's actually free, guys. You don't have to pay. Like <laughs> that's the that's the like fucking hellscape we live in now. Is yeah. that you buy a game and you're like, oh, if I really want this cool thing, I guess I got to pay five dollars for it. Like it sucks that that's the way we got to think. And like when actually it's like old school where you could just find everything. It's already in the game. Like. Yeah, it, you're so really you're like, yeah. Oh, this is amazing! Like, this is just the norm. This was the norm. Yeah, that's how you I mean, we're actually free. That was so nice. Yeah, I mean, they did it. You know, uh, Nintendo proves time and time again you don't need a season pass to fucking su- have people support your game. If you just create a good game at from its core and its base foundation, like it's gonna be great. And they fucking pr- from software proves it all the damn time with their their souls like games. Shit, look at Elden Ring. It won Game of the Year last year. Like, there's a reason why those games are as popular and uh, as cherished and loved as they are because you get what you pay for. You pay seventy bucks for a game now, like you're gonna get seventy dollars or even more because it's a, it's a subjective experience. You know, everyone's going to take it and, and, and translate their experience with that game and the adventure that they have that game differently. And it, for most of the time, it's probably going to be a positive review. Um, even though there might be moments you get aggravated at a game or something like that, of that cat of that level, but you know, being able to play a game, buy it off the shelf and it, it's all open for you. Like it's sad that that has become a dying trade you know being able to find a game of that level like oh everything's there what the fuck where's the season pass yeah yeah it's it's really really depressing when you think about it thank you yeah they've trained us us, (laughs) and that's the thing little by little they've trained us to like oh no this is the norm when like in reality no it's not the norm and and for for all the shit people give nintendo i know we joke about it nintendo still creates a good product nintendo yes they still use the same ip and they don't really create new characters or anything like that they're still leaning on mario uh samus luigi kirby all these old characters from the 80s and 90s but hey 
yeah, you can make fun of them, but they're at least producing full content for you. Good, full, fulfilled games. 60, 70 bucks, yeah, okay, whatever. But you're going to get hundreds of hours of gameplay with that game. And that is what Nintendo, I, I respect them for that aspect. I mean, fuck, look at Mar- uh, Smash, uh, Super Smash Brothers. Look at Mario Kart. These are games that, well, Mario Kart now, the, the latest iteration with Mario Kart 8, has been out for 10 years almost because that shit came out on the Wii. <laughs> so, and then they just re-released it on the Switch. So it's like, uh, I don't know. Like, that's I'm really, really happy that you're having such enjoyment in that because I feel like, I know you kind of dipped away from Destiny first, and then you 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 made it apparent that like, dude, I'm gonna go play Tears of the Kingdom, and I'm glad that you're enjoying that because it just that's how I feel right now playing all these small indie games. I'm like, oh my god, these are awesome, and I only spent two dollars on this game, and I'm playing it for like hundreds of hours already. Like, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at with WoW. It's like it's the nostalgia of it, like the being a, a teenager playing it and like it's entertaining to play it again and like try to re- and relearn and see shit that's still been there and like it's still a deep story and you're like man warcraft has just a great mythology behind it oh dude yeah yeah it's, warcraft 3 it's is so still, good warcraft 3 is still by far one of my favorite um real-time strategies like that game oh my god that story in that game all three of them, dude. All three, yeah, One, two, and three. We're all great, man. Oh, it's so good. Just yeah, just the mythology. Like after starting it up, I started watching like history of Warcraft videos. And you're like, man, this shit is rich. Like I, I forgot all about this. This was a good twist. That was great. When Arthas shows up at fucking Stratholm with the fucking scourge of Frostmourne and he kills his entire fucking, fucking castle and like yeah dude oh, so what are you doing releasing you father <laughs> oh my god it's so fucking metal dude, oh, dude. Uh, but warcraft <laughs> cutscenes were always on another level it dude they Warcraft's were just high, yes. these cinematic bombshells and i always loved them they were so i i would same as you just go on this like i uh, go on a youtube hole of just just nothing but warcraft cutscenes. they're so much fun or like uh, world of warcraft it's like yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, i love so them good. i love that cutscene. that used to be one of my favorite that got me into that cutscene with arthas and killing uh at the end of the human campaign in warcraft 3 that's what got me into doing what I'm doing now in, in my career. Like, I always wanted to be a video game developer, uh, just an artist in general, and that was a cutscene that drove me to it. Um, and I remember, like, constantly replaying that shit. Like, even before YouTube really existed, you would just find cutscenes on, like, Winamp or whatever on your computer <laughs> and download that shit. Dating yourself, dude. You're dating yourself so bad. <laughs> I, hey, man. I had the baddest fucking Winamp skins, dude. I don't even care. <laughs> Got LimeWire trying to download it. <laughs> um, yeah. you, know, you took two days to download it, and you open it up, and it's just a Trojan whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't was even. Hey, I, I will not admit it, but I did fuck up our computer more than once <laughs> because yeah. I would download fucked up shit, and not not, not like porn or anything. I mean, I would download like. A video game, and then not knowing like computers at the time that well, it turned out to be like a, a virus or some stupid shit. 
end up downloading like World of Warcraft videos.exe and you're like, oh, this is going to be great. And then <laughs> goodbye, family computer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to beat my ass a couple times for that. Hey, what the fuck? For the younger <laughs> audience that may or may, or not, may not be listening to this podcast, when we were younger, you had one computer the entire family shared because they were so fucking expensive. Yep. Not everybody in the house had a computer and an Xbox and and this and that. It was literally one computer, one console, and you fought for who got to use it. <laughs> and then when you're on that computer, no one could use the fucking phone line. So, <laughs> yep. so yeah, you were literally disconnected from the entire world if you were on the computer. <laughs> Bro, I remember, like... Be my mind exploding when DSL came out, and like oh you could make God. a call while you were playing like Dark Age of Camelot. You were like, yep. like what? Yeah. I could what? Technology, yeah. man. <laughs> I remember when we got DSL through AT and T, and I hooked it up, and I was so excited because I was playing like Neverwinter one, and then my mom was mad because she needed to make a phone call, and I'm like, Mom, chill. Guess what? Guess what you can do now? And I like picked it up for her the phone. And I'm like, you could still make a call out. She's like, what? You did this? I'm like, well, no, you did it. You bought it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just letting you know we have the capabilities now. We have the technology. <laughs> <laughs> How much money do we want to spend? Not that much. Uh, yeah. Technology. Yeah. That. Oh, Different good times. times. Yeah, man. But moral of the story is do what Dado says, take a break. If you're not enjoying Destiny, go go touch grass, go play Tears of the Kingdom, go jerk off. I don't care what you do. Just do anything else if it's not making you happy. And remember, it's not only Destiny, you guys. This is Diablo or any AAA or indie game. What it doesn't matter what caliber of game it is. Just go outside, you know, enjoy yourself, do pick up other hobbies. Shit, fucking Pick up a brush. Be the next Bob Ross. Who knows? Macrame jean shorts. Yeah, it doesn't dude. Matter. Bedazzle something. I, we don't care, man. But don't <laughs> stay with the game because you feel you have to. You know, you're, you're a dedicated fan. We get it. But, like, you don't got to do that, man. Mental health first. Yeah. I mean, we have a Destiny podcast, and we're not always talking about Destiny. So, I mean, if yeah. we can sit Very here cool. and discuss other topics and other games and other shows or conventions or whatever, then, I mean, anybody can do this. Like, just take a break. Everybody, the the people, the diehards that love Destiny, it's always going to be there, man. You can always go back and play it. Like Dado was saying, FOMO, is it as real as we think it is right now? Because, yeah, there might be some, like, super meta-defining weapon, but there's going to be other options. And you don't have to get the five out of five god roll of every single gun to be competitive like there's always going to be something else that you can do just one other thing or two other things or whatever that are pretty readily available and it's i mean you know do it for yourself do it for your love of the game so you don't have to sit here suffering through some of these boring ass seasons mm-hmm well said, young man. Makes me makes me really inspired. Like I want to go 
fuck it, run, run a marathon, bro. That, that was, <laughs> that got me jacked, bro. Yeah, dude. I am <laughs> jacked. I'm going to go pump some iron after this podcast. <laughs> I love the game, man. I mean, we've all been playing it for so long, and I think the best thing I could have ever done for it was just walk away and still like end it on a high note you know <laughs> so you're not sitting here getting burnt out all the time just motherfucking all the developers and getting angry about shit that just shouldn't bother you yeah that's out of our control you know let the artists do what they're gonna do they have a plan uh, be it however they deliver it to us maybe it's not up to us to understand how they want to give us that information it could be frustrating but we just have to put faith in them you know them being the creatives that they're going to when this game hits its pinnacle, its climax, that's going to be delivered correctly, you know, and for the casuals, for the hardcore gamers, and we're going to be happy and we're going to look back at this day, these days, and just, we're going to laugh at it, you know, so, and at that point, once it's over, you're going to ask yourself, what the fuck was all that for, you know, like, why did I fucking lose my marbles over this game that season for no reason because there's guess what there's going to be another destiny and i don't mean like destiny destiny but there will be another game that'll take your your attention and you're going to be dedicated and focused on that and and or family stuff and or hobbies and or you're just going to grow out of it that's all right yeah and it's like i I don't know if it was true vanguard or or mylan or i was watching somebody's video and they were it was like uh things that will help you enjoy the game more or whatever. And I mean, he brought up like the developers have uh, an idea of where they're going with this game and it may or may not align with what you think is the right direction for the game. But like Diablo's in hot water now too. And even when that community is also stepping back from their game and that game is brand new, just released a month and a half ago, um, you know, and they're stepping away from it because of what the developers did with the, the current patch, uh, getting ready, getting ready for the release of season one, which I believe dropped today. And the patch went out yesterday and it's, it's completely split the community, you know, and a lot of, of the major like Diablo four players, they're speaking out and they're, they're stepping away from the game. So if they're able to do that, like, I think anyone you know, be it from a casual player to a hardcore player, you can take the time away from whatever you're doing. Take get away from games if you have to do a, start another hobby, do whatever for your own mental health. But yeah, I don't know if you kept up with it, um, Lich or Doom, but yeah, Diablo has released some pretty fucking gnarly patch like patch notes, and they have completely nerfed the entirety of the game, and it's just so so surprising to me because I ended a couple weeks ago with at level 75 with my main character and i love the game it's been it has been a blast and it has been a nice departure from the whole destiny aesthetic for now so uh and i was having fun with it but seeing what they've done with the game right now i'm i i don't see myself going back or even playing season one you know i'll probably just wait till season two anyway so yeah i heard people were kind of upset with the whole like being bored of the game like new people were bored of it and this guy was bored of it and then like even i guess the devs were even saying on like a live stream it's like hey take a break from the game which is kind of crazy like literally this game just came out and people ground it to the point where it's like i'm bored i don't have anything to do it's like okay go do something else (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's it's such a weird like spot that we're in with gaming because like you have content creators who their their job their profession is to create content on a certain subject or in this in this case gaming you know and, and be it it could be a variety of games you know they switch up games all the time but what's popular at the moment and at the time it was diablo and then you had the hardcore content creators because it's only really content creators that could do this because that's their entire job is to be online for eight to ten hours a day where the rest of us could probably only play maybe three hours four hours a day a game you know that's if we have no priorities or any other things we have to take care of in our in our everyday lives um so but when you have content creators that 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 caliber grinding out a game grinding out hundreds of hours within a week or two like of course you're gonna get bored, man. And I, I kind of was part of the, of the of the side, of like, well, that's your own fault for grinding out the game that hard, um, so quickly. Like no one told you you had to do that. And I get it. Everyone wants to be the first to either beat the game or find this, find that. And now with the new patches and the new uh, updates that Diablo has released is has technically made the game even harder for casuals to play. And if this game is not geared towards casuals, then it, it, and it's not geared towards a hardcore audience either, because just the way that the system is built right now, I don't know who this game is geared towards anymore. Uh, they've, they've, they've slowed down level, leveling processes. They've slowed, they've nerfed every class to the fucking ground. And, it's just at a point like I don't know why anyone would want to enjoy this. So that just comes to show that it, it, it doesn't have to be a game like Destiny. It could be any AAA game, any type of developer. If you're just not listening to your community, you know you could create these mistakes that are just causing like discourse within your your community. Yeah, it's just it's that that whole cycle that we've been dealing with for so long. And like like we we touched on earlier with um, you know Tears of the Kingdom. Where it's like everybody's trying to make this game that's going to last 10, 20 years, and no one, and they're trying to figure out how to monetize it and how to keep it going and, and how to keep breathing fresh, fresh life into it. When it's just like, maybe, we're, maybe we don't want that anymore. Maybe we just want like good whole gaming experiences, and we don't need these games that, you know, are going to, you're going to have to play for forever. Well, I am happy with games such as Tears of the Kingdom and Elden Ring in the last two or three years. You know, like these king, these games have, I think, like pushed us and they've shaken us out of our fucking our, our our the trance that we were under. You know, because for the longest time, games have evolved in the last five to ten years, and they are, you know, they're they're constantly bombarding us with like, oh no, this is how it is now. This is how it is. This is what you have to do. This is what we have to do as gaming developers to sustain our industry. And when in reality, like, oh, no, you don't. I remember 20 years ago, you bought a game. You you got the whole game. And how, how were they able to survive in that time? How did Konami do so well 20 years ago, 25 years ago with Metal Gear Solid? Like, they never had to release a, a, a season pass or all this random DLC. And... And that's just one example. I mean, how about Square Enix? Square Enix never had to rely on that shit. So, like, the I feel like it's a cop out when a lot of these AAA developers now have to rely, like, oh no, we have to, to sustain our game and the team that sustains this game to keep them around. We need to be able to put in microtransactions and all this shit. When in reality, no, you don't. You're just trying to 
you're trying to train us to believe that we have to do that now that that's just how it is and no it's not from software proved everyone wrong nintendo proves everyone wrong all the time because their games if anyone is guilty of it it's definitely nintendo they will fucking sit on an ip for 10 years and release like one dlc but the quality of the game is fantastic you're just you're just talking capitalism right now man if if companies have a way to to squeeze a little bit more juice out of you they're going to (laughs) that's 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 capitalism man they figured out they can get away with it and they're gonna just keep doing it yeah i mean it's like it's like you're talking cars with a car salesman they're gonna (laughs) they're gonna pitch every extra and every add-on and you know you need insurance for that and blah 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 but it's like do you really need all these things like you said do you need all this stuff to maintain a good game and yeah that is capitalism and if people stop buying games that are made like this then those games stop being developed i mean it took what was it like legislation to get them to remove loot boxes because it was basically a form of gambling for children so like don't don't act like these gaming companies are above pitching really uh predatory models in their games and and marketing it towards a very vulnerable audience they're they've already done it so it's it's kind of ridiculous that like yeah like yeah it sucks that this is where we're at i hate it uh there are select few games that that is not the case and we love and cherish those games and sing their praises every chance we get but I mean, at the end of the day, there's, you know, it's just, it's just a different way of building the game. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I do hope truly that one day we do see that resurgence of games like Tears of the Kingdom, what you're playing and from software or uh, like Elden Ring and souls like games. I do. I, I feel like there's always those, that, that small bunch that tries to keep that, aesthetic alive or what games used to be an experience a full experience that you purchase right one one and done and i do hope that we within the next few years we sort of revert back to that and these shitty tactics of double dipping into people's pockets for content that like should be optional but at the same time they always market it in a manner of like oh well if you don't get it you're going to be missing out or they forcefully lock down certain as lock out certain aspects of the games yeah. behind paywalls and that's just think, that's an atrocious method at least on the triple a standpoint like on the triple a side yes that all needs to happen i think we're still getting a lot of really good quality games out of the indie community i think indie is still making yes. these great like one and done really short games that you don't really need to sit and play them for you know a year two years three years they're just a fun experience to play for like 20 hours or so the indie side still gets it yeah it's we just mm-hmm. need it on the triple a level at this point yeah yeah and how much of that is studios uh i mean jesus activision gets her fucking hands involved with anything and all of a sudden it's just a mic it's just microtransaction hell like that's that's what any game that activision's involved in 
is. I mean, aside some, there's there's examples where it's not, but like there's more examples where it is than there isn't. So, mm-hmm. yeah, especially now, like Call of Duty of the old is a completely different looking beast of Call of Duty today. There was not microtransactions like that in Call of Duty when we first started playing. Like Modern Warfare 1 and Modern Warfare 2, like the originals. Do you remember there being microtransactions? No, you no. just had a good fucking fun game to play with people. Yeah. yeah. You'd grind out camos on guns, and now even that's monetized to some extent. So, Moral of the story, AAAs need to do better. Yeah, y'all need to step up. But how normal is it now that a AAA game gets released and it's just dog shit from the get? Like, from the jump, it's trash. It happened with Battlefield 2042. It's happened with, oh, Jesus, like, a lot of different games now. Cyberpunk. 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 (laughs) No Man's Sky. I don't know if we would consider No Man's Sky a AAA, but it's like, you know just unbelievably broken right away and you're like oh okay uh i guess this is just what they're gonna release then yeah i would say that was a triple a because i think that was marketed as a triple a game for when it released Uh, not so much anymore but when it first came out i would say it was a triple a game because people pre-ordered and paid the 60 dollars for it okay yeah yeah, that is another notorious aspect of it, too, you know? Like, we should not allow these games to have that excuse anymore. Like, oh, shit, we fucked up. We got to release patch notes day one or patches day one. Sorry, we this went over our heads. Like, we, we missed this. I'm like, you're a AAA studio. You got companies, uh, indie companies, or even not even indie, but just above indie, but not a AAA, not close to being a AAA, but just have a little bit more of a budget. You know, you have games like no man's sky that have released with a team of five and look at where they're at everything for that game has been free everything um i'm sure there are small purchases you can make and those are just extras they don't they don't game they don't break the game for anyone you know a pvp side or anything like that or pve side but it's just like aesthetically you could buy stuff but yeah a good example is no man's sky you know this game was was thrown to the the bin, you know, like everyone gave up on it and then they were able to turn it around. And then you have AAA studios like uh, what Battlefield did, EA and all that stuff, you know, oh shit, yeah, we apologize to the community for releasing this. Or there's always, every week, there's another new like apology letter from a developer that should not be giving out apology letters. You know, Ubisoft, EA, Activision, Blizzard, Overwatch shit. It's like, how, like, disconnected are you from your like your your goal in creating a game like i i would be embarrassed as working for a company if that was like my title and then it came out and now we have to face the fucking onslaught of negative reviews and disappointing the community and people who were looking forward to this game like overwatch in the last week has just experienced that they have the lowest numbers they have ever seen i think max there were like seven thousand people playing it on steam i i think that's on accord that they promise something and then they stop they're not delivering i don't think pve is i think they they withdrew pve so like the main draw of why you bought overwatch 2 was because now there's going to be a pve aspect to it and that's exciting for people 
mm-hmm. and then you release the game and you're like by the way <laughs> it's not working out like we wanted to sorry uh you're not getting pve and then you're like you just fucking swindled me for sixty dollars, yeah. <laughs> or you could have just put this on regular Overwatch. It's just Overwatch point five. Like, what the fuck were you doing? Yeah, they literally yeah. just yeah, they just scamp everybody out of another like major like high end price tag for an up for DLC. That's all oh. it was. It was just DLC. couple new maps. Exactly. Yeah. Bungie's guilty of it too. They did the same yes, shit they when they were talking about uh, releasing new maps for PvP. And all we've got is reskins of old maps and like like one new one. One, I think, mm-hmm. is all we've got. It's like, okay. Yeah, and I think they announced uh, the next new PvP map that's coming out, and it's from D2. It was originally released with Gambit and all that. Or, it's, or I think it was originally a Crucible map, and then it was used for Gambit, and then they vaulted it. Uh, right before Beyond Light during a Shadow yeah, Peak, they just, it during the it's just a vaulted map that they're bringing back. Yeah, they're I'm just, like, oh, they're just giving you man. content you've already paid for and saying, "Here's a bow on it." Don't you like it? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so shitty. I'm so sick of those practices, but fingers crossed that I I hope that people stand their ground don't invest into the eververse store when it comes to bungie if diablo do not buy their fucking season pass if you can hold back on that shit wait till season two man let don't let don't let these shitty tactics that they do uh and and like fomo make you feel like you have to invest your 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 much needed time for yourself into a game that's not going to reward you properly like don't do it you know, fucking stand your ground. We could we could change this if we all just stand together and honestly we could make an impact in a gaming community. A strong together. I got a couple couple news things. Should yeah. I should I bring up some news things to round this bad boy up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, super excited as of seven hours ago, the man who made Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Shamplu, Mr. I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this. Watanabe is making another anime. I'm fucking ready for this because Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Shamplu probably like make up my teenage years of like and still to this day like some of the best shows i've ever watched out of everything i've ever watched mm-hmm. yeah yeah cowboy bebop is still to me like one of the best oh. it, it's our top five you know it's so all good. time all yeah. time like even yeah. out of like real life show like live action shows like it's still in there for me yeah not I mean, when, when if you were to, with the day you pass away, you know, and you go into the afterlife, the one thing you're going to see on your shelf, you know, of like awesomeness is going to be like, oh, fuck, there's my copy of Cowboy Bebop, there's Trigon, there's Yu Yu Hakushu, there's all the main core ingredients, there's Dragon Ball, like these are what made anime what they, what it is now, you know, they, they, they laid the foundation so shows like Demon Slayer and Fire Force could fucking run. Yeah. 
But that the new the new show will be headed up by the animation studio that is doing Chainsaw Man currently, which I kind of like oh, that fantastic. animation style. Uh, yeah. And here's a good one. I know you're a big fan of this guy. Uh, the John Wick director, Chad Stilinski, is involved mm. in the project. He's providing the choreography for all the action scenes. In the what Nobby's new anime? Yeah, in the in the anime. No shit. Well, because he's actually a stuntman. That guy's a, a legit stuntman. So he was a stuntman for 25, 30 years. He was Keanu Reeves' double. He did all the stunts for Keanu's yeah. part in The Matrix. And then they that's how they became friends. And then he was a stuntman for the last 20 plus years. And then he got the idea for John Wick and he directed it. And it's awesome. I mean, yeah, if they're going to be mocapping him, that's on another level. And now that we have the technology, imagine like Cowboy Bebop being done now with the way it is now, the essence of that show. Not Don't change anything, but with the technology we have now, it would be amazing. So it's just cool to see that when I was going to be able to do that with this guy, like if he's getting people like that, like to be part of this entire project, holy shit, that's going to be excellent. And he's, he's saying, Watanabe is saying that this anime, this project is going to serve as like a culmination of his career so far. So like, he's got a pretty good career, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's yeah. got good stuff. Between Samurai Champloo, I even like Space Dandy. Space, Space Dandy, Dandy was yeah. great. But yeah, I'm ready for this. Like I, the faster this comes out, the better. <laughs> yeah that's gonna be awesome did they did they act, did he say a date or it's just like right uh no it's but the announcement right of that the project is ongoing yeah so he kind of like gives a little synopsis about it, it it's kind of so it's gonna take place in the year 2052 and it's gonna follow the story of a nobel prize winning neuroscientist who makes a cure-all drug um that just cures everything, obviously. But the only side effect of the drug is that it results in the death of the person three years after they use it. And it leads to a special task force to investigate the matter. Like, why is everybody dying three years after it? Mm-hmm. Um, he says he's going to speak more about it. Uh, upcoming. He's going to he's going to talk about it in the San Diego Comic Con. Nice. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, I'm into it, and it's got some yeah, a saxophonist, yeah. like a, a major saxophonist in it, and some electronic music from two DJs. I don't know, but they were kind enough to put them in this article, so they must be known somewhere. But it looks like it's going to be another jazzy anime akin to Cowboy Bebop, which is, which is great. Hey, those are awesome, man. Yeah, that's great. And another news story was. Uh, Borderlands was announced today. The live action movie. Okay. With uh, Jack Black as Claptrap. <laughs> yeah, Jack Black. Um, Kevin oh Hart's God. in it. Kevin Hart's Roland. What the hell's and it The chick that played Hella from Thor. Kate Blanchett is there. The it Lilith. is Kate Blanchett. Jamie Lee Curtis will also be in it. Her old ass is making a making a, a part. She'll <laughs> <laughs> be Tannis. She'll be Tannis for anybody that knows that. I never really got into the Borderlands. I played the first one like everybody else, and I just, uh, yeah, I didn't play after that. No, I was yeah. a huge Borderlands player. Huge. 
I, I played the first one and uh you know, bought the Cage the Elephant album just like everybody else that listened to that opening track. Yeah. <laughs> when I first but, heard uh, that, I thought that was the white stripes. I'm gonna be hundred percent honest with you. I thought that was Jack White when it came out. The the first two games were great. The third one was a departure for me, you know. It was just felt so disconnected from the original storyline and everything that they they had made up to that point. So it was still good. It was fun still, but I mean, it was not what the second one is like peak Borderlands. Borderlands two was its climax. That's what it like was amazing, and everyone was hoping that the third one was just going to build upon that, and it just it didn't deliver, you know, unfortunately. But especially after like a ten year hiatus. And if uh, if I didn't sell you on the movie enough. Uh... Tommy Lee, not Tommy Lee. God damn, Bobby Lee. I got my Lees mixed up. Bobby Lee will be in the movie. Tommy Lee, I love it. Those are very different Lees. The drummer <laughs> for Motley Very Street? different Lees. No, no, Bobby Lee. <laughs> the oh, Korean. The why Korean is Motley Crew involved in this? <laughs> <laughs> two very different Lees. The only two Lees anybody knows. But, uh, yeah, so that's a big thing. Borderlands movie. Yeah, that's going to be cool. That's that sounds pretty cool, not going to lie. Uh, Borderlands was an interesting concept in and of itself. I liked it. Uh, and then it got old fast. So yeah. I stopped liking it. Yeah, I think I think it would be a good concept. For, I think it's a good concept for a movie, for sure, though. Like, I think... It will do well in that situation, especially with this cast. I think this cast will be fine, and I think it'll be an interesting movie to watch. Yeah, it sounds um, like it's hard for them to mess that up with that cast. The only thing that scares me is that when they did initially announce this a uh, year ago, they did say that this is a departure. This game, this movie will be a departure from what the game was. And... That's weird to me. That scares me because I'm like, okay, if you're going to do that, fine. But do not use the core heroes, which obviously they are using because you just named them off and who they're playing. They are using them. So you're going to use Tannis. You're going to have Claptrap, but yet you're going to, it's going to be a departure from what the game story was because the game story is actually very, very good. The first one and the second one are incredibly good. Especially the second one. The second one's fantastic. Uh, the first one you could skip over because it, 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 the story was good, but it just opened up of the lore a little bit. The second one is where they fucking, that's where they had all wheels spinning. They were fucking zooming. They they got it. They hit the nail right on the head and delivered. Would you say it's the pinnacle? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was. It truly was. And I think a lot of people ever since they played that game wanted to see a live action iteration of that and they could all they would have to do is take that from 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 paper put it on film like there's nothing you really have to change obviously you have to do filler and all that shit and and like add areas where you have to like introduce context and exposition but the story is written out for you so when you say that oh yeah cool we're announcing this we're going to make it finally into a live action movie by the way it's not going to be what you guys know for the games like well, like the Halo series? 
Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Perfect. Yeah, you guys take a fucking two um, K. Take a fucking take one out of their book. Look what happened to Halo. Please do not do this. Don't fucking s- separate this from what the games were, man. Please. Just Maybe hi- hire directors that says, "Yeah, I've never played Halo in my life." Like what? And you're there's you're the director of this shit. Yeah. Yeah. What were you thinking? All right, I'm now take kidding. off your helmet, Master Chief. <laughs> I, I couldn't get over like I ne- <laughs> I didn't watch it I'll be honest because I saw the reviews and I love Halo so the last thing I wanted to do is have that ruined for me mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah I, when I read that the director has never even played a Halo game and he was like yeah whatever you don't really need to play the game to understand the story I was like uh, I, you know what? I, th- I don't think this one's for me. I think I'm going to skip this one. <laughs> or pass on it. Yeah, I don't know if you... I didn't watch it either, but I did... Once the entire show was over, I saw like a review of like um, a compilation of like, this is what the story is for the show at least. And uh, I, spoilers, if you haven't seen Halo yet, like, sorry if we're going to spoil it, but one core element that they changed uh, is she, Cortana takes over could take over his suit and i know they had that in one of the games but this was introduced early on in the show and then also within like episode three he, had, he already re- removed his helmet and for most of the show he was with after that with he didn't have a helmet on so every fucking spartan in the show was removing their fucking helmet everybody so i don't know it's just it's a huge departure cortana is not the cortana of the games at all it's awful so Good thing that you pass on it, JP. <laughs> well, to be fair, the Cortana of the games, the last couple of games has been also pretty terrible. So, mm-hmm. you would think that like three four three would actually like do good with it, and they just they shit the bed, man. It was awful. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is uh, starting to get a longer episode, but I just got I just got one more little story or like little news thing that I want to shine some light on. And uh, it's just a reminder that city skylines two comes out October 24th, 2023. So I'll just, uh, I'll just leave that in there. So that everybody knows that it's October 24th. City skylines two will be coming out. Nice. And, Get to celebrate my birthday month with some city skylines. It's uh, so thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I think that's going to be the running joke. Is I'm just going to keep reminding everybody the date of yeah. city skylines. <laughs> We're gonna have a countdown. <laughs> oh man, that in Starfield, man, that in Starfield is all I'm looking forward to. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to the ninth episode of the Forged in Light podcast. Uh, again, we appreciate you guys listening. In the description, we're going to be linking all of our socials and how to get a hold of us. So make sure you, you go down there and click and follow. And once again, thanks for listening, guys. Have a good night.